Hi there, it's Matt here and welcome back to the podcast. And welcome back to another of those new types of episodes called Hot Off The Press. As you will remember, these new types of episodes are going to cover the very latest and greatest in sleep science, the most exciting new studies that have only recently come out. Today's Hot Off The Press is all about dealing with nightmares. Before we speak about the new study and how to address nightmares, I think definitions are in order. Put simply, nightmares involve very strong negative emotions during incredibly unpleasant dreams, and they most often occur from something that we call rapid eye movement sleep or REM sleep, the stage most associated with dreams. And these nightmares can take the form of things like interpersonal conflict or fear or sadness, even anger and aggression, or even experiences of humiliating failure. And please keep in mind that it is perfectly normal to experience nightmares now and then. I experience them. We can all experience them, especially as children, but also as adults. But for nearly 4% of adults, nightmares are so prevalent, so severe, and so hurtful that they end up interrupting their ability to have a good night of sleep on a weekly basis. And in this extreme case, they can develop what we call nightmare disorder, which is one of the many different sleep disorders out there. Thankfully, we currently have a number of different treatment approaches to nightmares. One that we, in fact, have done some work on here at My Sleep Center is specifically around dreams as a form of overnight therapy and working with some clinical colleagues, examining nightmares that are associated with something called post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD and using a drug called Prazosin and that is spelled P-R-A-Z-O-S-I-N. Which in fact reminds me, I should do a whole podcast on that topic of PTSD nightmares and Prazosin, but that's not our focus today. Today, we're talking about a brilliant twist on another more mainstream and perhaps even more effective treatment for nightmares, which is a psychological approach, not a pharmacological approach. It is called image rehearsal therapy, or IRT for short. In a typical image rehearsal therapy session, a therapist will ask you to describe your most common recurring nightmare. So for example, and I'm just making this up on the spot, maybe you've been involved in a really serious car accident and you may say that your dream is of a terrible nightmare where you're unable to steer the car out of the way of oncoming traffic and the brakes stop working. And then you wake up with this intense emotional distress having been through that nightmare experience. The therapist would then work together with you to imagine alternative endings to that nightmare. And that's the imagery part of imagery rehearsal therapy. So going back to the example that uh, I just gave you, perhaps you realize that you can actually reach down and use the handbrake to gently slow the car down. 
or you realize that once you focus on the steering wheel in a calm way, you can control the car perfectly and you can bring it to a peaceful and safe stop or any other creative ending that you and your therapist can think of. A sponsor of today's show is Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service and they come to your home, as they do for me, and they will analyze your blood and your DNA to know precisely what is happening inside of you regarding a host of different blood and metabolic and hormonal health metrics. What I also like is that in addition to the results, they then provide you with a personalized set of recommended, I guess, sort of lifestyle changes and suggestions to better optimize your health as a consequence of what those results were for you, that unique snowflake. So you can use the link insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker, and you will get a healthy discount from your purchase. So again, that is insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. In the next step, you, the patient, would then start to rehearse these alternative endings for a few minutes each and every day. And you keep doing that for a couple of weeks. Hence the term image rehearsal therapy. Why would you do this? Well, by memorizing these alternatives, you will modify and update that nightmare memory within your brain. And you will update it with a more neutral or even positive scenario. And therefore, we're going to try and avoid a full-blown nightmare emotional meltdown the subsequent nights. Perhaps a good way to think about it is a little bit like a Word document. And that Word document initially describes a very negative story. And then you, with the help of your therapist, you come along and you double-click on that Word file. You reopen it. And now, again with the help of your therapist, you're going to start editing and rewriting the negative parts of that story and replacing them with neutral or even pleasant scenarios. That's what the therapy is trying to do. Does that make a little bit more sense? I keep asking these questions as if you're going to reach out to me and reply. Anyway, as therapies go, I know it sounds... A little bit out there, but there's some very good science demonstrating that image rehearsal therapy statistically and significantly reduces the frequency as well as the severity of nightmares. However, in around 30% of the cases, it still seems to fail to help at least significantly. And that brings us on to a new study from a brilliant group of scientists led by Dr. Sophie Schwartz at the University of Geneva. They wanted to find a way to increase the clinical benefit of image rehearsal therapy by boosting that memory updating and memory revising process, the rehearsal part of image rehearsal therapy but they weren't going to do it while those individuals were awake. The study itself had effectively two different phases, <laughs> phase one and phase two. 
during phase one, they recruited 36 individuals. So it is just a small study, and I'll come back to that later. But they recruited 36 individuals who suffered from recurrent nightmares. And then they split them into two groups. Half of the patients received a typical session of image rehearsal therapy each and every day, just as we described above. The other half of those participants did something slightly different. How was it different? Sound. It's all about sound. You see, in this second group, as they were memorizing these alternative endings to their nightmares during the therapy session, which is just what the first group did, they additionally heard a specific sound every 10 seconds. And in this case, they were played the same piano chord over and over again multiple times. For those musical aficionados out there, of which I am certainly not one, it was a C69 chord, which if you have a listen to it, it's actually a very pleasing chord if you play it slowly. So this was phase one of the ingenious study. Essentially, the scientists were tagging the therapy rehearsed, or should I say therapy modified nightmare memory with this recognizable auditory sound, the piano chord. And in doing so, they pinned an unmistakable sound badge to that soothed nightmare from the therapy session. Now came the clever part, phase two of the study. Here, the patients in that group wore a sleep headband that could detect when participants went into sleep and specifically when they went into dream sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. And as you'll remember from our past series on dreaming, one of the functions of REM sleep dreaming is a form of emotional first aid or something that I've described as overnight therapy. So, once that second group of patients went into dream sleep, the researchers started to play that same piano chord that had been pinned and bonded to the therapy-treated memory of the nightmare. And they played that over and over again as the patients were asleep and they were dreaming. Now, don't worry. It was played at a volume that didn't wake the individuals up, yet we still believe that it penetrated the brain. It's what we call a sub-awakening threshold. And the scientists repeated that across a two-week period. And as I said, in effect, they were trying to deliberately reactivate that specific therapy-soothed memory during dream sleep. And in that way, they were reactivating it with almost like VIP access within the brain during dream sleep. And they did that by using the reminder sound of the piano chord that had been pinned to the memory during therapy whilst those patients were awake. <laughs> Does that make some sense? The other supporter of this podcast is the electrolyte drink company called Element. Now, it's actually four letters, L-M-N-T. 
I am a bit of an exercise fanatic and I started buying their products some years ago really because of two key facts. First is the lack of sugar content. Element has no sugar. It also has no colorings, no artificial ingredients, which is unlike many of the other mixes out there that I was shopping. The second is because of the founders who have some serious years of biochemistry experience under their belts and they know what they're doing. So if you want to give it a try, just go to drinklmnt.com forward slash Matt Walker and you will get eight free sample packs on any order that you place. Once again, that is drinklmnt.com forward slash Matt Walker. In other words, the scientists were helping to selectively cherry pick and reactivate or replay that therapy-soothed nightmare memory with the hopes of creating greater safety and dissipating the negativity of that nightmare, essentially trying to neutralize the nightmare. So then, after the two weeks of the experiment, the scientists then re-evaluated the clinical severity of the nightmares for each of those two groups. Those who had received image rehearsal therapy and the sound reactivation during dream sleep, and those who had standard image rehearsal therapy, but no sound reactivation at night. The good news was that both groups showed a reduction in the severity of their nightmare profile. And this is what we'd expect, because both groups had image rehearsal therapy, which we know has these benefits. However, the group that got the added treatment of repeated memory reactivation at night showed even greater psychological improvement. And they were suffering from less frequent nightmares and even enjoyed more positive emotions in their dreams relative to the group that still had image rehearsal therapy, but without any further memory reactivation at night. Oh, and I should also note a nice added result that was buried in the paper is that the therapeutic decrease in nightmare severity persisted even after three months without needing any further intervention, meaning without needing any further sound reactivation at night. Absolutely amazing. Don't you think? Such a great study. Again, I want to note that this was just a small study. And indeed, we think of it as simply a proof-of-concept study that requires much more investigation. But it does set the stage for future research that combines these two methods of brief image rehearsal during the day and then memory reactivation at night. And part of the reason that I like this paper, apart from its wonderful ingenuity, comes down to its applicability. Granted, this is me doing a lot of hand-waving, but could we develop and deploy an easy-to-use and somewhat low-cost device at home in the future? One that people could use to then edit and update the Word document of their trauma dreams. 
And in doing so, we could then help people towards improved emotional well-being. I don't know the answer to that. And we need randomized clinical control trials before any such hope could be entertained. But every breakthrough must start with the glimmer of new shoots. And this study has germinated just that. So there you have it, a magical mystery tour into some of the latest and greatest sleep research hot off the press. This one revealing a new potential method for us to rewrite our dreams. My goodness. And with that, I will simply say good night, sweet dreams, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks again.